Are you exasperated or what? Well, welcome to Effing Argentina, a podcast series co-hosted by Tom Fox and Greg Greenberg, the author of Effing Argentina, where we explore the current American psyche of being overworked, overleveraged, overtired, and overwhelmed. Find out about modern America's exasperation with, well, exasperation. This is the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network, and in Effing Argentina, this podcast, we unpack some of the current exasperations of, from American life, from debt to PTAs to new television shows. I'm your co-host, Tom Fox. And I'm Greg Greenberg, the author of Effing Argentina. So this season on Effing Argentina, we're talking about exasperations. It's a tough word to say, too. So each day, it's nearly impossible to complete a full day without lashing out at some object, animate, or otherwise inanimate, perhaps, that's causing us intense irritation. So in today's episode, we explore exasperation with a tale of frustration at an elementary school's parent night. And I'm sure you've been through that as well, Tom. So I went to my first, uh, we called them parent-teacher nights, uh, in my little hometown in Texas. And I went to my first one. I had to make a presentation to one when I was in junior high school. And I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there. And uh, I think there were eight people there, and it droned on and on and on. And they asked stupid questions, stupid questions, stupid questions. And I just thought, is it always like this? And I remember going home and asking my mother, is it always like this? And she goes, yeah, it's always like that. So um, I guess the first question I wanted to start with uh, it's clear the experience from a little town in Central Texas in the 1970s uh, is still going on today in 2021 in New York City. Um, how autobiographical was this chapter, Greg? Well, I have uh, two kids, and I've been going to a whole lot of back-to-school nights. Uh, so there's a little bit of me in there, but I- I'm married. Where's Weinberger? The name of the, the story is Weinberger's Back-to-School Night. He's recently divorced, and he really doesn't want to be there because this is his first time. He's never done one of these before. So there's some, there's a little bit of Greg in, in all the stories in Effing Argentina, and there's 11 stories in this book that we're going to discuss. So there's a little bit of me in it. I've sat in those little chairs. If, you, if anyone's been to one of those elementary school discussions, and those chairs will kill your back, and it's really hot because there's no air conditioning in those rooms, so you're... Your back is killing you and you're uncomfortable and you've just done a full day of work and you're wearing your, your tie and your jacket to impress all the other parents, but you really just want to go home. So everyone has been exasperated by one of those. And I always remember my knees were sticking up under that little desktop and just in pain as well. So uh, since uh, it strikes me that I, I recognize uh, Weinberger is not you, but it seems like to me you've got a friend like Weinberger because we all have a friend like Weinberger. He's just, uh, I don't want to say clueless, but he really doesn't have a clue, does he? Well, he doesn't have a clue about back to school nights, most assuredly. This is his first one. And what he doesn't realize is is that uh, you mentioned stupid questions, but the big thing that that Weinberger doesn't realize is the amount of self-serving questions that people ask, or or as I refer to them in, in the story, me questions. So people will ask questions that solely pertains to either them or their child or their child's allergies or what their child likes to eat. And that causes these what should be an hour of a presentation about, all right, this is what we're going to learn in school this semester or this year. 
and it makes them go on for two hours or three hours because people really want to talk about their own kid. And they can ask those questions after class or via email. But people like to hear themselves ask questions. And that's what really gets to Weinberg why he's so exasperated. Greg, you also have a really interesting section on uh, what I would call uh, modern mating rituals, uh, particularly from the male perspective. Of course, it's from our friend Weinberger. And he is uh, uh, ch uh, begins chatting up a woman whom he thinks is single. Uh, it turns out uh, it's not, but it's wrapped around a play date with their children. How did you come up with that angle? Well, since... Weinberger is going through such misery sitting in the class in those uncomfortable seats. Uh, I figured I'd give him a little bit of hope. And that hope came from another student's mother who he looked at her hands and didn't see a ring. So he's thinking, you know something, I'm going to try and make the best of what is a terrible situation. Uh, it's hot. People are asking me questions. And he strikes up a conversation with this with this lady and he thinks, well, she doesn't have a ring on her finger. I'm a single dad. She's a single mother. Maybe we can put something together here. So he, I, I extend a little bit of hope to my friend Weinberger. In the end, as, as you gather from the book, when you read the book, great book, by the way, his hope is dashed. But I wanted to give him at least a little hope before I really destroy him. So that uh, you really did uh, destroy him. And it was uh, really well done. Uh, it was a very nice twist, but that's not the end of the story because we've got a whole nother section uh, to go on. But to, before we get to that sort of whole other section, you have, I thought, maybe two paragraphs, maybe three that succinctly distilled America's exasperation with cell phones. And you discuss people who look at email in meetings. You discuss people who scroll through cell phones. You discuss people who inadvertently leave their ringer on uh, in a meeting. And so uh, it seems like to me that you've been exasperated by a cell phone or two. And I was wondering if you could describe that. Oh, I think everyone by now has been a uh, party to a person who, when you're speaking to them, you're trying to make a point and they're too busy looking at their cell phone, or you're trying to have a, a serious conversation and they have their cell phone on the table and they're looking at their cell phone or they're scrolling. So I, I think that we need, as, as, as Americans, need to come up with maybe a class in schools on cell phone etiquette because it really has become an appendage like our fingers, our cell phones are now appendages. So um, I thought it was important that the cell phone play into the story and Weinberger gets busted scrolling on his cell phone, poor guy, and he's not going to hear the end of it from guess who? His ex-wife, poor Weinberger. Well, that really brings up a question I wanted to pose to you, which is uh, the ex-wife. He is newly divorced and he's still worried about what his ex-wife thought. And it made me think, you know, I wonder if he still worries about what his mother thinks. Is he uh, what we used to call a mama's boy? Uh, because he's worried about what his ex-wife thinks. Uh, why is he still thinking about the reaction of his ex-wife? Well, he does share an asset with his ex-wife, being the child. So he does have to 
listen to her and, and consult with her on a lot of decisions still. So I suppose as the child gets older and the child can make their own decisions about what they want to do and what sports they want to play and what classes they want to take and which friends they want to uh, consort with, uh, you know, he won't have to check in with his ex-wife as much. But he's still living in what is a fairly insular society or an insular community on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. So he's going to hear it and he's going to either hear it from from his old friends uh, who his wife is currently speaking with. So in some way or, or some shape or another, it's going to come back to hit him in the ass. Poor guy. So um, I'm going to get to uh, each week we're going to have a, a quote from the story. But before I get to that quote, you actually managed to bring in some physical comedy. And I know you're a playwright. And so I don't know if you incorporate that into your stories, but um, it, it, I don't want to say I've done exactly what he's done, but I probably have. And so how did you uh, think up the story of where he tries to get out of the chair and the challenges we've all had about getting out of a student desk and literally knocking everything over? Well, my kids aren't that far from the age where my, my, my younger son is 12, so I can pretty much remember going to those back to school nights and sitting in those chairs at those little desks and what's on top of them, the cotton balls and the magic markers and the glue and the scissors that don't cut anything. So uh, I remember those, those cramps you get in your legs just sitting there listening so long as people drone on about their kid and who, you know, who's allergic to something and, and it just takes forever and it really takes a lot out of you. So I thought it'd be funny when he tries to get up to uh, to knock everything over because you are like a um, it's it's Swiftian you know you're you're like Gulliver in the in those classes and through Gulliver's the Jonathan Swift book Gulliver's Travels you're a giant in those class in those in those classes and so when he really comes to make his stand at the end and kind of say this is how I feel to all those me questions I figured he might as well really rattle the whole cage. And that's when you end. Uh, you go through some me questions and you end, quote, it's just me. And, and I thought when I first read it, it was saying, uh, don't answer my rhetorical questions and don't interrupt me when I'm asking you a rhetorical question. But I think you actually had a deeper meaning. What did Weinberger mean when he said, it's just me? So I think what he's saying is, is that the problem is that people are asking self-serving questions and they're essentially questions about me, but they're actually not even questions, they're statements. So when someone raises their hand and says, um, my child wants to read more than the assigned book, so what should they read? They're not really asking a question, they're making a statement saying, look how I raised my child, look how smart I am and how smart my child is. So I really take, I'm hitting at the, the notion of these me questions, that they're not questions at all. So when Weinberger, he's blown it all, he's having the worst night of his life, and he makes the statement to the teacher who says, are there any questions? So Weinberger makes the statement and the teacher says, well, is there's no question there. And he says, no, there's no question. It's just me. This is who I am. And I think it's a nice little capper to the story. Well, go Greg, Weinberg. on that note, uh, we're go Weinberger. Uh, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode. So I hope our listeners will enjoy not only this podcast series, but Join us again for our next episode, and most importantly, pick up the book, Effing Argentina. I'm Tom Fox.
And I'm Greg Greenberg. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening.